Hello and welcome to the Fizzle Show. Yeah! This is the Fizzle Show, a podcast for indie business builders where we share our lessons learned from earning a living online for the past several years. Every Friday, we publish another conversation about the art and science of supporting yourself doing something that you care about. Your hosts are, today on the show, Corbett Barr, our experienced CEO. He's done, of course, everything from venture-backed startups to blogs to bootstrapped businesses. Me, Chase Reeves, the uh, the heart and chutzpah creative director here at Fizzle. Hoi vey. And a very special guest you might recognize from early episodes of The Fizzle Show. That's right. It's the return of the Waj Bomb, Caleb Wajik. And on the show today, we hear Caleb's story. How he's been building his business ever since he left Fizzle to start it about seven months ago or so. This one's especially helpful for those of you who work with clients of any kind. Whether you're a designer or a videographer or a copywriter or a freelancer of any kind out there. Follow along at home at fizzleshow.co slash 119. I'll be back after this conversation to fill in any gaps. Guys, it's happening. We're having a reunion right now. Yeah. So uh, how many kids do you have now, Caleb? Uh, seven. Seven kids. Seven children. Hold on. I want to know if anybody listening to the show just heard that voice and went, <gasps> No. No. <laughs> I saw someone just commented on, um, on an article like like this week like a couple of days ago they said is it is it weird that i kind of teared up when caleb was signing off for the last time of the fizzle show yeah like they were just catching up yeah, it's like right. nine, nine yeah. months later it's like the end of breaking bad or something yeah <laughs> he's like you're damn right so do you feel some pressure today for uh making watch bombs happen i do a little bit because they can't really be forced i should have been spending the last nine months thinking of them <laughs> Yeah, just. but that's the thing you can't with a watch bomb. You, you can't force it. You can't force a watch bomb. I mean, we got a we got a corb bomb bell over there. Have but you seen the, the bell? I have not seen the corb bomb. <laughs> I can't even say that. Word. <laughs> after you left, yeah. after you left, I had to try to take the reins, and they don't come very often. They don't come very often. Let's it's usually be, let's be honest. That bell hasn't seen a lot of action. <laughs> We haven't rung that bell in a long there is, time. There's a lot of dust on it over there. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny. not, yeah. Anyway. So, so on the show today, this is a big, this is a big, awesome thing because Caleb's here. He's back, uh, for one night only. Uh, we're doing a tour in Portland for one night only. Uh, it's WDS in Portland, a conference that, that a lot of us go to. And, um, and so I thought we got to get, Caleb back on the mics. We got to do well. It's long overdue because we yeah. we were like it's long hey, overdue. Caleb Caleb will be back all the time. We'll have him on, and it's been what like seven or eight months, maybe. I think your last one was like in November, probably. Yeah, yeah, about that much. Yeah. So tell us the story of when when so eight months, nine months ago, or whatever. You go to do what? So I mainly spend most of my time doing video production work. So okay. I would say eighty to eighty five percent of what I do and revenue wise is making videos for other people for who people like who uh client list has been i've done a lot of stuff with gumroad uh Uh, pat flynn of smart passive income i help him with his weekly stuff that goes on youtube and itunes um chris ducker amy porterfield um a a lawyer a lot of the people that we were in in in, like hanging out with and in relationship with in the Mm -hmm. blogging world and stuff like that before yeah yeah. and they need i mean pat's doing a lot with video yeah you're the one behind all of that yeah, pretty much. Uh, so all of his stuff 
that goes out on Fridays as well as I went to Ghana with him to record yeah. the schools that he helped build there that we'll be putting videos out on. Uh, yeah, they, for people who don't know, that's that's in a different part of the world, right? Yeah. Ghana. Ghana. Is, yeah, it's that, that's, so that's, so there's Minnesota, there's a Great Lake, and Ghana's like right. No, there's Ohio in there somewhere, I think. Ohio, Austin. Manitoba. Manitoba. Yeah, it's right on the, it's it's right on the border. It's right on the border. It's roughly between here and Djibouti. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, this is great. This is great. I know about 10 people who listen to this show that just went like, bing, 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 bing. This is awesome. They they just like lean back and cross their arms and go like, all right, let's, let's, let's log in for a little more. (laughs) Jessica, clear my schedule. Djibouti just happened. So, so for people who have been like, worried over the past nine months like how's caleb doing how's it going like things are going well actually i set some financial goals for 2015 and i'm like exactly where those are and they were comfortable goals yes it wasn't like you're going to be eating ramen yeah and they were actually uncomfortable to put them out that big Uh it was like i Mm. want to clear quarter million revenue and i didn't really care how much i spent because i knew i was going to be investing in people equipment all that stuff yeah and like i'm on track revenue wise and now it's just Figuring out expenses yeah. and the team. Stop and all buying that equipment. Stuff. Well, I, I have stopped, but <laughs> yeah. at the beginning, I was getting a lot of stuff. For right. any of us video junkies out here, is there a piece of equipment that you're like really glad you spent money on, or are they all just kind of like, yeah, they're all they're all helpful? I actually really like the most expensive thing I bought. What? Which is a Canon C100 Mark II. Oh wow, C100. It's, actu- it's actually a video camera, yeah. and not like how we all fiddle yeah. with. It has like a hand. Kit. It has a handle yeah. on it. Yeah, yeah it that handle <laughs> XLR into it. Yeah, all that. Wow, that's nice. crazy. Nice. So we talked about Pat Flynn and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Is that like your go-to? You're looking for blogger types? Uh, mainly talking head stuff so far. So a lot of either someone's talking into the camera or like a three-camera interview or a live event. It's almost always someone talking. Um, yeah. Only a small portion of what I've do done has been a little bit more creative where I have to tell a story about a company or there's some sort of narrative or something like that. But a lot of it is, let's figure out the main point of this video Let's script it. Let's think of good shots to make it interesting and go from there. With Pat stuff specifically, you know, once a week, just like with podcasting stuff for you guys, you have to batch it. So yeah. with him in the past, I've shot four or six weeks all in one day. Mm. And we sat down and planned out seven months worth of stuff at the very beginning. So wow. it's a lot of process stuff. Otherwise, you just start missing weeks and you just can't do it. Right. So, yeah, and um, when you decided to to go off and do this, like when when you left uh, the Fizzle team, you had a solid idea of what you wanted to do, mm-hmm. and you had plenty of experience in this. So it wasn't like you had to learn a whole lot new, right? Right. You were kind of ready. Skill to wise, like technical things, but it was about six or seven weeks between when I made the decision and when I was actually done working with you guys. Yep. And I spent those six weeks figuring out how I was going to be different in the video space and. I landed on Talking Head, I think, just in a conversation with you guys one time, and then that was like the the main phrase on my website, and that was the yeah. kind of pitch I had to all the people I talked with. And then so once I had that idea, made a list of 10 people that I emailed, had conversations with most of them, and those were a lot of my early clients. And um, was it a struggle to get your first client? Uh, I don't think so. I think because I had a body of video work, and I already knew the people. Mm-hmm. Uh, there weren't any strangers I worked with in the first three months or so. It was all people that I'd got to know either through Fizzle or conferences or 
in San Diego. So I, I did the same thing when I did web design networks. stuff. Yeah. I, and it, and it's like a real like trick to do that. Like it's a really big helper when you don't go out on your own until you actually have that network of people who already know you and right. kind of trust you. Right. And that same thing happened with me when I was doing web design where it's like I was just through conferences and meeting a few people and hanging out. And then that's how I convinced you Corbett that yeah. like we should work together on the thing on designing thing traffic. And there's just something, and then I, because I remember, and you've probably done this before too, when I, I was trying to sell things before I had a network. I was, I tried to do video production when I didn't know anybody and I didn't, I wasn't anybody. And I was just cold calling. I was Craigslist ads mm-hmm. and I set up a website and I was like, why isn't anybody coming in? And, and that is such a nightmare thing and it's hard, right? Room. Yeah. Yeah. It, whereas now somebody watches a video that Pat did or maybe a friend of his is like, hey, who does your video stuff? And then mm-hmm. boom, you have a new yeah. client. It means trust you. so much. And, and, they, and, and they you provide work. something so specific and useful. Like everybody know, like Pat, all these bloggers know how to be on video and they could even probably write their own scripts for the most part. For the most part. Um, but there's so much of that technical specificity that like you bring to the table, right? And so you're not teaching them how to, like you're, you're doing something very specific and useful for them. And I'm just trying to extrapolate out of this for anybody out there who's doing a service industry type stuff. Right. Or, or like what I, what I mean by that is people who would have a customer yeah. that they're selling a service to. Having that specific, like, listen, I deal with all the, you know, you want to do these videos? I deal with all the technical crap so you can really shine on camera and you don't have to learn all of it. Well, but that, I think... Um underlying that is the fact that you're working for clients with deep pockets or deep enough where because most people would say well i i just want to hit record on my mm-hmm, camera mm-hmm. and um you found people who uh want their stuff to look as good as it possibly can and who don't have hours to learn this stuff yeah, and, right. uh, and to be editing and whatnot. right you target the people that can afford you instead of chasing people that really can't Totally. And, and but for the people who can't afford you, you actually have offerings for them as well, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I kind of have this double edged sword where if you can't afford to hire me, I, ha- I teach all this stuff on DOI Video Guy tutorials, uh, course, things like that. So when people come to me through my contact form and maybe their budget's a little lower, I, maybe I can do some strategy calls with them and th- they just can't afford to hire me to hit record. And so they'll, <laughs> they'll go through the tutorials, they'll get stuff that way. And so I am trying to serve both kinds of people. Yep. Any um, really like interesting breakthroughs or stories or anecdotes or anything like that have happened from some videos that you've done for somebody? I think the biggest thing that I've learned is to plan more because it's really hard in video to go and fake like something that you didn't catch on camera. And so if you don't plan to capture something specifically, it's nearly impossible to fake it later. To Whereas, make it up. Yeah, when you're writing something, you just you know move the cursor and you write something to fill in the gaps. But Chase and I were talking about this because we're into vlogging right now mm-hmm. and the people that are doing it a lot. And if you don't record something to connect the dots of why you went from one location to another location, it doesn't make sense. <laughs> then you're going to like put some text on screen or something? And, yeah. yeah. Or yeah. like put a photo and like Ken Burns onto it or something. There's yeah. There's no way to do it. So... The more projects I have and the bigger they get in scope, the more I plan. You're not alone, right? You have mm-hmm. a little team now. Yeah, so my brother-in-law, Tim, has been working with me part-time since I left Fizzle, and he's going to start full-time at the end of this month as nice. recording this. And we are trying to make other kinds of videos other than just talking heads. So we're first going into the rock climbing space, and we're doing a little spec video that we're going to then pitch another idea we have to rock climbing companies and so it's just pushing ourselves beyond 
tripods and lights that are set up, but going somewhere, capturing new things. And a lot of the stuff that I've been doing the last couple months has been while I've traveled either to Europe or Africa. And so it's, it's getting a lot of footage and then telling that narrative. So the storytelling thing, me doing a vlog here the other day that I just published, just getting better at telling stories of everything, because I think that's the strongest point the video has is Mm -hmm. the ability to tell stories visually sound pacing music everything and that's why i think it's the best medium but it's also the hardest because of how much work it takes to go through all that right and so to get to that point you didn't you didn't start your business by saying i'm going to be the greatest video storyteller for yeah. you know, this kind of client instead you're doing your bread and butter which is the kind of stuff you already know how to shoot money in the door and now you're yeah, working yeah. on getting better at this other thing which will be a lot more valuable at some point right mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that's awesome this process that you went through to get to where you are today um, remind people like your story of going from your corporate job, you know, and, uh, and sort of how that whole played out, that whole thing played out and like, what would you do differently or what do you like about the way that you went through it? Um, and what have you learned in the past several years? So I had a corporate job. I worked at Boeing for about three, three and a half years before I started working part-time with you. And right towards the end of that time, I started blogging about personal finance. I got sick of talking about personal finance and then I started writing about entrepreneurship and started writing on Think Traffic, and then that became Fizzle. And at Fizzle with you two, we were doing a lot of video stuff. I fell into learning more about it, filmmaking, and picked up a few freelance clients while I was working with you there. And I think the biggest thing that I learned was finding one specific skill that you're really, really good at, and that can immediately turn into money if you want to do things on your own and and a skill that um that people will pay for yeah and it's getting hotter and hotter right Mm -hmm. you kind of were on the tail edge of a video it seems like Mm -hmm. and now it's like all anybody's talking about sure and it's a skill that takes some time to really get good at and it takes equipment and money and Mm -hmm. yeah a little bit of a barrier to entry right right as opposed to maybe saying you're a writer or like a copywriter or something Mm -hmm. like that it's hard to prove that you're really really good at that so if you pick a skill that is visual or is a little yeah. bit more tangible then people can see instantly if it's low what if, quality or high quality. What have you seen specifically comparing and contrasting your business to your wife's? Um, tell people about that and like, what are the differences there and, and what do you like about what you do versus what she does? That's actually really interesting because she's also in something that's really competitive in wedding photography, but wedding photography, I think has a, a lower barrier to entry because you can buy a DSLR and you can just start doing it. And it's super, super competitive, even if you're in a highly populated area. And so for her, that's a lot of word of mouth and she can't really have recurring clients because people typically don't get married again. So, or if they do, it's way longer and all that kind of stuff. So the biggest thing for me was, I needed to do outbound for a while to get clients and she needed to do creative work that would show up places that people were looking and also network with maybe people that could refer her clients. So mm-hmm. it's a lot of figuring out where your clients will come from mm-hmm. and getting in those places. But then once you're there, you have to have the work to show that you can do what they're going to pay you for. So yeah. there is some overlap, but it's really hard to, I think, find clients in general when you're first getting started yeah Yeah, and that that whole thing about not having clients that can hire you again i mean i guess she could do like uh you know family photography on top of it but even still they're gonna hire her once or something unless they're like really wealthy people so 
that's really interesting because it's like you have to find new clients constantly, which is kind of a, a chore. And I don't know if people think about that sort of thing when they jump into a, a business. They don't think about the specifics of the model like that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, nice. So um, the you do some content as well. So it's not just freelance work. You're right. also, what do you do in terms of uh, you have a blog, you have a podcast, like tell mm-hmm. us about that stuff. And how does that play into like the the revenue model and um, finding clients? So it plays into finding clients by the fact that I'm kind of proving that I know what I'm talking about by sharing all these things that I've learned or and I'm doing like behind the scenes and shoots and stuff like that. So being able to teach what it is you know solidifies you as someone that can be hired to do the thing. Mm -hmm. So I think that's how it's helping me get clients. It's helping revenue wise with a course and then through Amazon affiliate for any gear and stuff that I recommend. And I mean, the the Amazon stuff is maybe one or 2% of my revenue so far this year, but I mean, it it doesn't hurt. And and the course, which I relaunched a new version of uh, at the beginning of this year is about 15% of my revenue. So I've kind of been trying to spend about 15% of my time on that. So I do a video once a week and an audio podcast once a week. And the only time it's kind of fell behind is when I had so much client work that I couldn't put out any mm-hmm. content. Yeah. And that's the first thing that gets knocked down. Let's bring this into the like archetypes conversation. So mm. what archetype is Caleb in? What is that? What, what did we call that one? Um, like superhero, like that kind of archetype. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, tall, tall. Is, was it the tall archetype? Right. No. It, so one. we have the this Polish co- one. Yeah. So we have this concept of uh, Polish superheroes. <laughs> Polish superheroes. And um, you're Bro- the tall Brogy man. You're the tall one. Washbomb pierogi man. Can we all go get pierogi man tattoos? Just a dumpling sitting what's there what's your superhero oh. or what's your like superpower exactly oh that's great your superpower is just like putting, putting onions in things yeah putting, <laughs> like stuffing things or just like making someone feel a little more comfortable it's been a hard day have a pierogi it's <laughs> good um so keep talking about what the archetypes are yeah so we have this concept of um it's really a uh form of role model in a way but it's sort of abstracting from an individual as a role model to what kind of business do they run and and how does it operate and how do they earn revenue and basically. do i want that kind of business and do i want that kind yeah, of business yeah yeah, yeah. no it's and that's a that's a big i have that thought right? all the time at conferences like that we're at right now mm-hmm. yeah like, would i want that person's business especially when they're on stage or whatever telling you yeah. about it or you yeah. just yeah. meet somebody yeah, yeah. and so <clears throat> when people are getting started and they're thinking about um you know what kind of business and what idea do i have one of the things that we want is for them to think about these archetypes so it's not only like, what's the business idea, but am I going to enjoy running this? And am I capable of pulling it off? But to me, the biggest thing is, is who else is out there like this? Like, who are the three models? And uh, so that I can, I can look at their business and I can go, okay, what's missing from mine? Or, um, so for example, so the, the 10 archetypes are, one, the teacher, the thought leader, the mediapreneur, the freelancer, the coach, the artist, the maker, the curator, the engineer, the retailer. I'll put a link to this podcast episode in the show notes. But um, it sounds to me like, okay, and most of us are mixing pieces of things. Mm-hmm. Most people out there, um, 
are mixing those pieces. And you've got clearly the free, freelancer stuff going on where you're yeah. a gun for hire, a camera for hire for making video stuff mm-hmm. you're doing, working with clients. But then this um, this sort of thought leader slash mediapreneur slash teacher thing, probably mostly the teacher, because you've got a course um, that you're selling, right? And and most of the time when you're selling a course, that, that's, a, that's a teacher thing. Mediapreneur is I'm making a huge audience to sell advertisements. Yeah. Or to sell my audience to advertise. If I was doing like camera news and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. Ex- exactly. Stuff like that. And thought leader is like probably where you could end up heading as like, I was looking at your, at the, your blog recently, like the, you know, recap from NAB, what's new in camera gear, all of that kind of stuff. Meerkat versus Periscope. These kinds of more, uh, sort of like my take on these sorts of things, right? Mm-hmm. That's like thought leadery stuff. Um, but really what I see you doing is is jumping back and forth between freelancer and teacher. And what's great about that is this is what we always tell people. I'm always trying to encourage people to start with service stuff and then blog along the side. Mm-hmm. For instance, there's a handful of fizzlers that I've had on Fizzle Fridays recently where they're professional organizers. Like, and they've done this for like t- five years or something like that, helping people organize both digitally and physically in their office, in their home and things like that. And they're like, okay, I want to take this more online. Well, the good thing about that is you've got, you've worked with hundreds of clients and got lots of stories about, well, what, what is, what is a typical person? What is the process I take people through? What are the, what are the hangups? What are the common things? So you can just do a big list of things that are, that are the problems that you know that you can write about, the places where you know you can help based on all of the service work that you've been doing, all the yeah. freelancer stuff. Yeah. So it just informs. It's, it's really the laboratory. It right? informs that teacher yeah. stuff so but much. You, but you're getting paid for the research that you're doing. Right. Exactly. exactly. I've done a few podcast episodes with Tim, who works with me, and one was like what you need to know before hiring a video editor. Because yep. a lot of people, maybe Oof. they will shoot the videos by themselves and they hire someone to edit it. Yeah. And he did that for a bunch of people. We've done it before. And so we had all this experience and like that episode is one of the most popular one. Or like, what do you need to do before you hire a videographer? Mm-hmm. Like that's another popular podcast episode of mine. Yep. And it's just behind the scenes, just a freelancer saying, okay, this is how it usually goes. This is what yep. you should know. And help people be prepared with it. Were you thinking, uh, as you were putting this business idea together, were you thinking about any particular role models or the kind of business that you want to build? And like, is there a is there a three to five year plan where you think the business is going to change into something else? Yeah, there definitely are those people. Um, Chase Jarvis is one of those people. He does a lot of action, uh, adventure kind of photography and videography. For and he brands, has a crew right? at brands and stuff. Um, another person is... Uh, lonely, uh, lonely sandwich is his Twitter handle, but sandwich video. Uh-huh. Um, what's his name? Adam Lissigore. Adam Lissigore. Yeah, yeah. Yep. He's another person that's built a. I think it's an eight to ten person video company that mm-hmm. they do really great work. Premium and, stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For startup. If people haven't checked them out, you should. Um, sandwich video does really good work, and I'll put that in the show. And notes. it's funny. I was watching. Uh, I don't know Netflix or something, and they have he's in a commercial for Carfax or some like, mm-hmm. huge yeah. company on he Netflix did a, now. He did a, a commercial for them that's great. Yeah, and I think so. That's what I was curious about with the with the th- uh, the like the archetype stuff. It's like so who is it? Okay, so I hear Jace, Chase Jarvis, and I go, okay, he's got this uh, like big video podcast and stuff like that, and he kind of represents this creative life sort mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. Uh, you know thing. And then he's got his CEO of Creative Live over there, um, which is kind of separate. I think when you're talking about Chase Jarvis, you're kind of talking his work for hire stuff yeah. that he's doing with cool brands and stuff like that, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then Sandwich... He's, not, he's actually not CEO. I think he has somebody 
Is he there running it? Yeah. Yeah. yeah it makes sense because he's, seems he's like, like a busy guy. Yeah, exactly. So, um, and then with sand, sandwich video, I can e- immediately see like, okay, now what they've done is they have this take on how they make, like, how do we do things that are, that are, that the tech audience, the most of us who are watching the Apple keynote events and stuff like that and buying the watches as soon as they're out. And how do we make like videos for the web that the tech audience will really love to communicate what this pro- new product does? I mm-hmm. remember the one that he did for that, um, credit card what coin. was it called coin that was like a bluetooth credit card or whatever you know and yep. all your credit cards in one you just choose which one it is with a little button on it and it's like okay we're swiping the visa or swiping the amex or whatever all of them on one and, and if you ever get more than 20 feet away from your card like your phone beeps and goes like hey did you forget your card you know what i mean like yeah. you're just like oh yeah. my gosh that's just like <laughs> yeah it's like a tech tech guy's wet dream but he had that focus from the start of of that kind of explaining thing. stuff but also i've always thought of them as like the wes anderson yeah. of web video a very like distinct they have a, style yeah. and mm-hmm. they use some graphical elements a lot yeah a lot because that's what his background was was like fx stuff like screen fx stuff but like when you think of of those people i, I always i'm finding myself asking this a lot like okay and then, and this is outside of just diy video guy this is outside of your freelancing mm-hmm. stuff for you personally caleb of all the people that you, of all the people that you kind of find to be heroes, whether they're alive or dead, whether they're famous or not known at all, who are you most, would you say, like sort of kind of heading towards in the same trajectory of? And how important is that to you to like feel like there's somebody you're, you know, patterning? Hold on, hold on. Let him answer the question before you spray acid fire all over me. I think that there's different people in different yeah like verticals Uh creatively and visually and storytelling wise it's gotta be david fincher because everything he does in a movie is incredible yeah and but then there are like the the business size people that i would want like like adam we were talking about where i don't think i want to be working on hollywood movies yeah or expect to in the next five to ten years Mm -hmm. but i want to be able to make it look like that yeah yeah and so i'm always interested in the cameras he's using and the yeah. styles he's using. How is he lighting the shot? Yeah, 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 and there's this really good uh, YouTube channel called Every Frame is a Painting. Okay. Where he breaks down directors and movies and stuff like mm-hmm. that. And he has one on David Fincher and he talks about like, wow. David Fincher never moves the camera. It's always locked down on a tripod. Wow. Except for, and then he shows like in three movies, there's like five shots. Yeah, wow. And like why he chose to do that. So Because he's lazy. Exactly. <laughs> He also, you know what? I can't. I'm not going to bring the dolly out. I'm not bringing the dolly out. I don't like wheels. Just, just set it, set it down. We'll move the couch over. We'll do it in one shot. Yeah. Exactly. All of a sudden, David Fincher's like a f- cabbie right. in New York. Um, okay. So, what, but what's interesting about that to me? I love those. Those are both great answers, right? Because to me, this whole the power of this whole archetypes thing is I can go. I want when I pick a sort of a place up there, a model, a person that I'm heading towards. I can kind of. I don't know, I can kind of, they provide a little bit of a roadmap to that. You know what I mean? Right, and don't we all wish we had a roadmap for life? Yeah. Something that we could totally feel like we know where we're headed, and so you're not tr- just wandering aimlessly. The truth is about that question, as you mentioned, Caleb, like there's there's like, you could, you could imagine like a few different kind of people, because you're never going to fit like all the way in on any of them, right? You're like, oh, I'm clearly like a yeah. Wa- oh, yeah, I'm Wozniak gonna be just, just like this yeah. person, right? But... But the, so the truth is, it's always it's always um, going to be just a guesstimate. But I find that the question is helpful in that 
because I have this sense that we're all going to look back when we're 65 and go, gosh, I wish I would have just focused a little bit more. Just gone, just got a little bit, like, a little more, like, uh, you know, horse blinders on about that thing. And just like, okay, just pick one and go for it. Versus like, because we all, we all have so many opportunities. We're all good at so many different things. And it's like, and it's hard. It's really, it's really painful to focus on something, right? Yeah. But I can't shake this feeling that later on, I'm going to be going like, I wish I would have dug in a little bit harder on one path yeah. versus like having a bunch of little rivulets doing stuff over there. I think there. one of the biggest things that's been helpful for me over the past year is turning off noise as much as possible. So mm. that's always to me meant social media in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. So yeah. current events, like stuff that's happening um, in your industry that like is who cares, honestly. Yeah. Like I'd rather go spend a half hour watching behind the scenes on a movie or something yeah. mm-hmm. than scrolling through things. And yeah. I think there's still ways to follow the people that you are watching now by consuming their best stuff and not their little tidbits of thoughts. Yeah, totally. So like go listen to their podcast or read their blog or something or their book, but maybe you don't need to see everything that they yeah. post about their family or, and it's hard because you want to stay connected with people. Mm hmm. And you do kind of feel like a jerk when you don't know something happened. It is tough. It's such like a weird balance because like in some ways, any of the success that I have had has come from like, you know, being a, like a, like a fun person to be with and who generally, how are the kids? And like, what's going on? And just that regular relational stuff. Like we always say, like, like Corbett was talking about, like naming all the people that have been important for his business. He's like, I met every one of them at a conference. (laughs) You, Caleb, me, Mm -hmm. right? Barrett. Uh, and, and every, and everybody else that like we, we do business with, yeah. you know, it, we've met them all at conferences yeah. and they're all like in-person friendships. Yeah. Have, we, we met four years ago, like this yeah, weekend, yeah. um, for the first time in person. You and, you and at, Caleb? At WDS. Yeah. 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 Well, and here we all are, you know, just, uh, just like a couple leaves on the wind. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> he goes, so, <laughs> so I'm curious, like. Is there something you're working towards in the business, like where you think two years from now, three years from now, and not necessarily, um, not necessarily like your capabilities, but in terms of like the, the revenue model and, um, what you want the business to be, is there something you're working towards that you feel like it's going to be different three years from now? Yeah. So I think that my teaching platform is the thing that will be easiest to point to and say, I built that over time. And so there are other things I want to teach other courses, plenty of the free stuff that I like to share behind the scenes. Um, I'd like to actually feature more people that are making videos for the web and do that in a unique way. So go to people's studio like Casey Neistat, who Chase and I have this man crush for. And I'm so embarrassed about my man crush for him. Yeah. And see how they, how they make stuff, how they do stuff, their creative process, their background that like, 15 what? years ago yeah, they yeah. did what made you think you could do that they bought a camera yeah. and it, people see now and it's like oh he does videos every day and it's like yeah well he's been doing that for 15 years yeah he just now committed to showing you all of them yeah and yeah. so i want to feature more people like that mm-hmm. uh, on my platform and um on the freelance side of things do you think you'll do that forever and um and what have you learned about managing client work and and that whole thing is that a big pain in the ass I've learned that you have to have a process for every single client you have. And that can be as simple as a checklist in Asana. Like when we have a new project, you just have to have all the things there. The the 
basic stuff like contracts and sending invoices and things like that, but uh, following up and getting feedback after the project's done, sending thank you notes. It's yeah. like if you don't do that on client work, you're always just trying to ship everything that you make for people and meet deadlines and that kind of thing. But it's it's really the before, the planning, the scripting, uh, storyboarding for videos, and then the after. The what went well in this project, and like just one example is when we go on a shoot. On the way back from the shoot, Tim and I and whoever's helping us are always like, okay, what piece of equipment do we not need to pack, and what piece of equipment should we have had with us? Uh-huh. And then that helps yeah. us pack the next time or buy stuff to help get the shoot right. And now we kind of have good kits for when we go out, and we know exactly what we need. And so it's it's like the feedback loops between the client and your team and yourself, as well as all the planning in the beginning. So it's a lot of the process stuff. Hmm. Remind me, I'm trying to think back to um, when we first got to know each other. When did you like first edit a video and when did you become interested in video in general? Um, I did some videos in high school, but I did like two Okay. And then I did one video in college and it was about where's Waldo and I played Waldo. <laughs> I had a white long sleeve shirt that we put red duct tape around and I was Waldo I and he fell into the, he, we can, it's unlisted on YouTube, but we can put it in the show notes all out. It's called where's Waldo now. Uh, yeah, that is the question. Where the it's hell about, is that video? It's about 12 years old and he falls in with the wrong crowd and he owes some money to a guy. Whoa. Yeah, there's fake drugs involved. Waldo has is fallen this, hard. Features this, some songs from the Matrix. What, yeah. what year is this from? Like, said it was about 12 years, 12 years ago. ago. Holy crap. So, I mean, if Pee Wee Herman can fall off and get back on, maybe Waldo can come back too. He might have a chance, yeah. <laughs> if we can ever find him. If we can find Waldo. I mean... Did Waldo have to go underground for some specific reason? No, he's just got that hat. He's so easy to notice, you know? When you're walking around the street. <laughs> he's, yeah, on the street, sure. Yeah. In a crowd, not so easy. In a crowd, it's very tough. <laughs> Yeah, I never trust an able-bodied man with a cane. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what's he doing with that thing? Who knows? And how old is the guy anyway? I always thought he was like twenty years old. Yeah, he, he looks like. I think he's. I he think he's bugged off with uh, Carmen San Diego, and they're just kind of like playing with all of our minds. They're playing Oregon Trail somewhere <laughs> on an Apple IIe. <laughs> what was the question? Oh, how did I get started with video? So I did two in high school, that one in college. So, anyways, I found Waldo. <laughs> yeah, and then. I think when I started doing stuff with you is when I started editing Skype interviews and we got a DSLR. Yeah, that's right. Just shot some awful videos of myself. And then. Oh, yeah. And I think I remember like maybe because Jen was into photography, you realized there were video capabilities on a DSLR. Mm -hmm. And And I kind of fell into all of it that way. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. And it's like one of those things. Isn't this how a lot of us or a lot of people, you hear their success stories and they had some skill that like, you know allowed them to earn a good living and to, you know, teach and, and whatnot. And a lot of times those skills just come from, it's the thing that you tinkered around with and you didn't even realize you were putting in your 10,000 hours because yeah. it was just fun. You yeah. were late at night, like tinkering around mm-hmm. and, and yeah. playing with stuff and For learning. For Jen, she always had one of those disposable cameras and she has thousands of photos from when she was a kid and she used to take photos and she's like, I never thought I'd want to be a photographer though. Yeah. It's like that kind of thing. Or mm-hmm. maybe you hear... I always heard that being in TV or film was just so hard. It's like a hard industry to break into. You don't yeah, want to yeah. do that. You yeah. don't want that life. And so I just didn't right. think about it. I yeah. was like, okay, I'll get a desk job. It sounds easy. And now it's democratized. Like, yeah. You don't have to be in TV. You right. can just do it. <laughs> right. I love it. It's true. 
So true. Like, did you feel that way about music? Because you were super into music. I was thinking and you about just this. Heard, oh, I was thinking so about this recently. To, to me, it was like, I, yeah, I don't know. It just never crossed my mind. Like, it never once crossed my mind that I would like try to do that for a living. I was just like, oh yeah, I'm just. It'll just like, like, be for fun. Or... Maybe, maybe maybe that one girl have a crush on me now if I could play a guitar. <laughs> right. You know? But really, it was like, screw you, Dad. I don't want to play sports. <laughs> I'm going to sit in my, in my... I literally sat in my closet and learned uh, Nirvana songs. Why in your closet? I don't know, man. I just was like looking for things. I was just like looking for the real stuff. So no, it was never, uh, it was never an option for me. I never even thought about it. Um and I, that's what's so interesting about like I think part of it is is just this process of growing up and go like well we got to do something, and then and then you see, I don't know like what you're doing like once you know how to use a tool once you like I did this talk at Pioneer Nation where I said like I only had three points and the middle one was just be useful just be useful like a corkscrew there's this great like song that I heard that that was just weird it's like all of my fantasies are about. Um, being of use like a something i can't remember all the words but it says one of them is like like a corkscrew <laughs> it's like yeah corkscrew you can't argue with how just simple and useful that is yeah and you if can't we could, use it for everything and if we could just nope. you can't use it for everything that's true you it's not I mean? a leatherman it's not a leatherman it's not even a man it's not leather either <laughs> come on why are you even bringing up leatherman right now but <laughs> and he's retiring anyways you know what i mean uh get it it was letterman garbage <laughs> just looks at caleb and goes where did you're trying you're just trying a little too hard gosh darn it we were drinking a lot last (laughs) night you guys but um uh to that point getting really useful like a corkscrew for me that was photoshop that Mm -hmm. was just like i can do anything i want in that i can design things i can make it happen i can do all the things Mm -hmm. and for you it's been it's become like this video stuff like and it's just it's not even like how to make a great video it's just like the tools it's the camera itself like how do i put it onto video mode mm-hmm. how do i get the subject in focus yeah then you start going like okay i got that going how do i get it to look a little more interesting you know one of the things that that you and i are, are probably a little bit the same way kind of geeking out one of the reasons why i'm so inspired by a video blogger called casey neistat is because my whole life it's been spent like trying to get a better image on camera mm-hmm. making it look really great mm-hmm. and then i finally get it set up and now i'm like all right, what do I want to say? <laughs> do you know what I mean? Yeah. Versus just having a crappy image that's there and you have something interesting to say, right? Something, and not even interesting, not even like true or good or like or like something that nobody's ever said before. With with a bl- daily vlogger, it's just like, I'm just saying the things that happened today. So I, there's no way for me to lose. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I'm not trying to change your life with a video on how to X, Y, and Z. There's just no way for me to lose because I'm c- telling you, this is what my day was like today. And you either watch it or you don't. So I can't lose unless i lie about what my day's like but even if i lied about it i'd be filming it anyway so it did happen yeah you know what i mean but that's like gary v with whole wine library tv stuff yeah. is it wasn't it didn't look very good it looked no. pretty crappy and it was just this it was just, he just the content knew, he knew wine and he put stuff out there and yeah and that's what's so interesting to me i mean that's why like um even in what we're doing with fizzle like we've done so much video stuff and it's always been sort of like this particular look and and now i'm i'm very keen on on using video a lot more and and just editing it a lot faster just doing things bam 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 bam, bam get this get the thing out there mm-hmm. and and standing a little more letting our brand infect uh the 
the sentiment almost more than just the image of it, if that makes sense. The frame of it, like what it looks like, is 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 not like with Casey Neistat. There's this very you very you get the sense of brand from him. This is what it's like. You could probably and and it's it's not that it's like super unique or anything, but you just get a sense. Like he's just it's him in his face on camera. Mm-hmm. That's the thing that a lot of us I think are out there kind of you know fetishing about. Like I wish I had a higher production quality and like we've had a great production quality for a long time and now i'm fetishizing about like i just want to publish more yeah at less of less quality but better stuff more interesting yeah better stuff to say so i got a camera with me all the time just in case and not and i still haven't done anything with it (laughs) but we'll see i think that even just the past 20 years with internet and blogging and uh, podcasting and video and all that stuff there were there were just gatekeepers before for anyone to hear you yeah and mm-hmm. and now there is not yeah so now that everyone can record video or take photos or audio on their phone or start a blog for free yep the only way to now grow an audience is you just have to be interesting yeah. it's got to be pretty freaky if you're in actual tv or radio or whatever right yeah. right because your show maybe right Get your your I mean, Hollywood produced TV show might get a hundred thousand viewers, and Casey Neistat gets like three hundred thousand in like twenty four hours. Yeah, on his YouTube videos yeah. that he makes on his phone or on his little point and shoot. Yep, and he edits like two AM by himself. On his it's, little, and yeah. it's and it's just like and it's nothing. Like nothing's happening. Like he's like nothing's going on. Like he's in a train, <laughs> and he's saying that. Too. And he's like, I'm in a train. And he goes, oh, and then like we're in a train still. And why am I still watching this? <laughs> I don't even know where the what's train's gonna going. happen next. I don't even know. I have such a love hate relationship with him right now. <laughs> Just man crush it's well it's just like you're in phase two of your man crush now yeah uh yeah i guess so that's how it goes <laughs> that is how it goes denial okay so we've got about 10 minutes left like where do we want to take this what do we want to, what can we possibly talk about but, yeah what, what do you want to know if he's a listener okay so here's what i want to know i want to do freelance web or freelance web video stuff i want to do it all right you have you can tell me four things to take very seriously Okay. You want to do freelance w- web, web video. video stuff for people right. just like... So we're trying to make some competition for you here. Okay. We're making Give competition. Give them your best stuff. Yeah. Competition's good. Yeah. Because they charge less and then that moves everyone up. That's true. Yeah. And your stuff looks amazing compared to the crap they're putting out. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we haven't even given them advice. We're already talking crap. About <laughs> yeah. But you give you have four things to tell me. Okay. And okay. I'm like... And you look at me, you're like, okay, this is my, my nephew and and she's young, but she's but she's like, you really care about her. And like you want to see her succeed, and and she's and it, made like a few videos, yeah, and few they're videos. like they're all right. Yeah. yeah. So the question for you is looking back, looking back, kind of on yourself, like what are the okay? Listen, this past ten year journey, here's the four things you got to think about. I would do free work. So do free work. Do work for people that you think you can do a good job for them, and just do it for free. Tell them how much it would have charged, like cost them to hire you, mm-hmm. but but do it for free. And do things that maybe you don't want to do long term. Like I did some wedding videos and things just because I had an in yeah. to do that through through Jen's business. And I didn't want to be doing wedding videos in 10 years, but it challenged me to tell the story of a day. So so I did the first wedding for free. Yeah. But that led to two weddings that paid me. So yeah. the free work helps build the portfolio. And totally. Stuff. Uh, the next would be don't worry about what camera you have at all. Don't worry at all worry very little about the camera the the lens is important isn't this the, like the number one question you get yes though? it is and, and what do you tell people uh they say i have this camera i want to get this one i say just keep that camera get a better lens buy better lights or sound and 
go from there. Yeah. So don't don't worry about the camera. There's a fetish about gear. There's a fetish about gear. I'm su- I'm subject to it. And yet there's certain things though. Uh, for instance, I got into long distance running. I would not have done that if I wouldn't have gone like, all right, I need a new costume. And I got a new costume. I got a new got a like, new costume. Yeah, you should see Chase running around in the cape. It's a pierogi man cape. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and but like I needed the, the shoes. I needed the gear that could get me there. That mm-hmm. I knew that that I needed to up upgrade. Like like I need my equipment to talk crap at me and go like you need to do better. You mm-hmm. need to be more. Mm-hmm. You need to like you can do more than what you are. And and I mean, I guess I've been doing video for a really long time. And so when I finally got the five D Mark two Mark three, like. It was a big step, but like I was already like committed to like this is just a tool. We need the tools. Mm-hmm. We're doing the tools. You know what I mean? But there's a point before that where you're just like, wow, this is a big sort of step. Yeah, I mean, so if you had to tell someone if they don't have a camera yet, just go get this. I would say go get one of these little point and shoots that we are both using the Canon G7X or the Sony RX100. Mm-hmm. If you want to start making videos of yourself, talking head stuff. Just go get one of those and then spend the rest of the money on sound and lighting. Got it. Okay. So next one. So don't worry about, don't worry about, first one is do free work. Second one is don't worry about the the camera and all the gear stuff. Yeah. Use what you have. And the third one would be actually study storytelling. So -hmm. when you watch a movie, take notes, pause it. You probably have to do this by yourself because my wife hates watching movies with me. Really? So I'll be like, oh, did you see how they did this Mm -hmm. thing with the light? And she's like, no. No. <laughs> no, I didn't. I'm trying to pay attention can to the push, story. Can you yeah. push play? And you're breaking it for me. Yeah. I like yeah. it. So s- study storytelling either through books or film or I love just podcast storytelling cuz it's yeah. only one piece, it's just the audio. Yeah. And so spending a lot of time in story has what has led me to telling better videos. Yeah. And so, yeah. so I don't know, find whatever stories you like and then deconstruct them. Okay. So like why that. why did everyone like Harry Potter? Why did everyone like Hunger Games? Like and think about that and take notes on it and read people that have talked about it. Exactly. <laughs> Corbett has no I idea mean, what you're doing. Yeah, it's Hunger Games, <laughs> I know. Okay. I've seen it. Yeah, I know this. I know about the internet, you guys. <laughs> okay. All right, and last. Uh, publish things publish so, things so put out whatever you make and and then iterate because you only get better by finishing mm-hmm. videos but but what about that video that you have from like let's say 12 years ago where you're impersonating waldo like it's kind of embarrassing after a while right yeah but i put it on youtube it can't be more than 12 years old because youtube's only 10 years old so That's it's true. 10 years old okay but i put it out there yeah and i published it mm-hmm. and i sat in the computer lab in college and learned how to use Final Cut Pro 7 and and do it and I published the thing and but if I would have never published it and I just shot it and then I would never have iterated and it's true about that that publishing thing that really is it and it's so hard because every like for instance I found a, an old DVD of me giving a, the baccalaureate address at my college when, during graduation and it is so embarrassing I've got kind of like longish, uh, you know, comb over surfer hair. And I'm like, and I'm like doing the whole like, you know, like, like leaning on the pedestal sort of thing with, wait, the, with the gown wait, on. Wait, where is this? And when can we watch it? <laughs> no, it's not possible. It's not possible. And it's so embarrassing as I'm thinking about it. I'm going like, okay, you know why that's embarrassing? Because I thought that was me. 
Like I was thought I was like really being me. It's not embarrassing though if I pretend that I'm trying to be this character. If I pretend I'm trying to be Jeff Spicoli from Fast Times right. at Ridgemont High. If you're in a character, are you it's trying to not rewrite? Embarrassing. Trying so I'm, to rewrite I'm history. I'm trying to re. I'm trying to format my hard drive here. Yeah, and then and then put things back. But the, but it gets to this point of like for instance, also in my wedding video, mm-hmm. there's this time when I forget like the line in my vows, and I like my face goes really blank, and I just like kind of like try to. I do this like weird like shoulder shrug smile like thing, but I'm I'm like off my rocker. Like I don't know what to do. My I'm like vertigoing. Like, I'm yeah. like freaking out. Yeah. And it's this one little scene that my wife always loves because when I shrug up and and do a smile, my teeth come out really big. She goes, "Here comes the teeth," and everybody like leans into the TV, <laughs> and it's so embarrassing. <laughs> but um, I, if I could learn to just sort of like embrace that and go, we all get better as we get older. We yeah. all change. We all were dumb. That's something in that uh, in the published stuff thing. Because when I'm publishing something, in some ways, what I'm saying is, this is what I think is good right now. Right? It's like when you wear clothes, what you're saying is like, this is what I think is a good way to look. And but what you're really just saying is like this is what I had in the closet. This is what happened today. That's why I'm always looking for those tricks. Of well, like, or I think what you're saying is this is as close as I can get right now to what I think is good. There's probably some gap between there, but this yeah. is my attempt at making it good. Every it, that's the thing about publishing anything, though. It's embarrassing. There's you're you're going to have embarrassing stuff, yeah. whether it's written, especially if it's video. And I guess you could film other people if you like, you're really worried mm-hmm. about that at first. Yeah. Um, or you just get over it and you realize like, there's so much video out there. What it, have you heard the stats on like how much is published on YouTube every hour? It's, it's like, I know it was like five years ago. It was already like more than any person could watch. Like and in, in like an hour more people, that's more than you could watch in your lifetime or something like that. Yeah. So the stuff you put out right now, um, you know, just chalk it up to I'm learning, and eventually you can unpublish it. Yeah, but or that's whatever. really hard. You can hide I'm it. just saying that that's a that's a really hard thing. It's a really awkward yeah. moment to go like, the like. There's two things that happen. One of them is you know it's crap, and you're trying to force yourself to publish it anyways. Yeah. The other one is like you think it's really good, but you're worried that people will see it as crap. And, yeah. and you know, it's like so either I already know it's crap, or <laughs> I think it's way better than it is. Yeah. And and I guess I don't know. Maybe maybe you're always making. But it's all in the name of getting better. It's all, and, and that, so in some ways, if you could just get a little trick going where like, this isn't the best I can do. Mm-hmm. I made a rule that I would just, like I have a, I have an idea for, I don't want to blog every day, but what if I did a one day movie or a one day video where I made, in one day, I have, you know, 10 hours to do everything on this thing. And if I, and, I, and it, and it publishes at this time. You know, then it's like you have this constraint, and so you always get to chalk it up as like, well, yeah, I was, I was really like running low on time on that, and so I had to throw this together, and it's just like, so now we've got a trick for publishing versus like this is the absolute best I can do. Yeah, I like the you know? the Gumroad Small Product Lab that yeah. Yeah. you were a part of. Yeah. It's like there's as many days you got, get it done totally. And like or our the, thirty day constraints, thirty day launch a product thing. Yeah, you just know? ship a challenge. Just ship a challenge. It's like it's like that kind of thing where it's like, yeah, I just just did the steps and got it out. And I'm really actually I'm, I'm glad that we. Did it you know yeah put a link to that if you don't mind in the show notes for this we haven't talked about that in a while the 30 day just ship it challenge is this video series that i shot uh last year and it basically walks you from ideation to uh building a product and launching it in the course of 30 days um someone just used this and he launched a pay what you want ebook on um 
art. It was like how to draw with accuracy, like yeah. the, you know, the accuracy of form. And he put out a um, 15 page ebook and two 20 minute YouTube videos. And he made it pay what you want, meaning you can literally pay zero for it, or you can pay a thousand dollars, whatever. He made $7,000 and he started with an email list of 120 people. Wow. So stuff happens and yeah. you have to publish in order to get to that point, yeah. right? Yeah, absolutely. My course was made for that the first time. That's right. Yeah. yeah. And, and it's, now it's 15% of your revenue. Yeah. Yeah. Booyah. Kasha. Kasha. My wife. <laughs> just, you just got to do a little. It's like <laughs> we only have Caleb for another yeah, minute or yeah, two. Yeah, so my, we're just going to toss out some like yeah. Princess Bride. Stuff. Yeah. yeah. Maybe like, what? give me your tots. <laughs> What was that from? Napoleon Dynamite. Yeah. Come on. We're Tina. <laughs> Make yourself a quesadilla. Man, I bet I could throw this football over those mountains right there. <laughs> All right. Let's do a little uh little uh, Blitzkrieg nostalgia. Like what are some of the of the of the amazing inside jokes from from over the past year or however long of the Fizzle show? I mean I'm Djibouti. Little How's your father? Is how's your father? in tall cotton that's oh, a great one yeah i i'm a big fan of um it sounds like transformers doing it oh man i like D, caleb said dubstep <laughs> to me sounds like transformers doing it still one of the top <laughs> moments of the show <laughs> we, we reference that now and then and there is there is an alternative uh there's still a twitter account out there that you guys don't even know about because you haven't even found it for an old show and uh and only one person i know that one only one person has ever found it <laughs> That's, it's an amazing. We should just make the whole web a treasure I made, hunt. I made the image. Is and this media.com? No, no, steak media. Steak media. Steak media. Steak media. Steak media. Steak Call me. <laughs> and then, like, uh, instead of having a meetup, it's throw meet up. <laughs> throw meet yeah. up. Yeah. No, or yeah. throw meet up. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, that too. <laughs> oh, gosh. There's so many uh, uh, meetups that we could do. What else? Uh, what else do you remember? I'm trying to remember from the. God, we were silly for the we, first like. We really do Speaking have fun. of like embarrassing shit. Yeah, you go publishing back to, and getting yeah, better. And you go back to our uh, our stuff. Oh, stakemedia.com redirects to stakegroup.com, which is like literally a digital agency. Um, oh, well, then there was Tiny Ceramic Unicorns, which was the yeah, great that was, website that, that we made. Um, <laughs> yeah, say something wacky. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm Sam, the gotcha guy. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, I gotcha guy. Or, yeah. Hey, guys. Hey, guys. Yeah. We still use that. That's yeah. right. That's yeah. right. We still get emails to, hey, f- <laughs> we do does this work oh here's a quote that i found i'll break your thumbs huh you got me real steamed the canadian mobster oh yeah oh, yeah because i thought yeah lobster. he's a lobster yeah, yeah. he's, a, he's lobster. a lobster fisherman oh <laughs> i'm loving the podcast man oh yeah sure. <laughs> love that pause block we have in, in parentheses douche blogs I don't know what that what that is, but that's I awesome. Either. I like that. Uh, rich tips and hard costs. Man, we really haven't paused block anybody in a long time. There has been. There- <laughs> Five mics, three beers is another one. <laughs> people right, people have no idea what just happened. <laughs> they're like something Pause happened. In my, they're, they're like reaching for their stereo. Yeah, exactly. Um, oh yeah, remember it was always about like whether or not Caleb was going to say his middle name. Oh yeah. At the, end. At the end, yeah. Oh, man. Uh, <laughs> discussing Corbett's love for Mr. Miyagi, and Chase just yells, Waxing off! <laughs> That's right. That's right. You had like a like a, a poster in your room or something like that, and I'm like, Corbett's in there waxing off. <laughs> I, don't know. I don't know about a poster in my room of Mr. Miyagi. <laughs> Karate but Kid or something. I don't know. I don't know what you're talking about. Oh, God. <laughs> Iris is a great song. Not really. No, it's a horrible song. <laughs> niche, please. Niche, niche, Nietzsche. 
Yeah. Um, hey, oh, you haven't told everybody your um your uh, street name joke. Uh, no, <laughs> I'm too afraid of it. Did you hear about it? No. Well, we were just thinking like every town has uh, an African American prominent street name, mm-hmm. MLK, right? And uh, most towns now have a Cesar Chavez Boulevard. Mm-hmm. Um, I live near it. Yeah. So Chase was like, "What's the Asian equivalent of those?" Yeah, it needs to be like you name? have the you have the Hispanic, you have the African American. Like you want, you need we need to have like a you know something from Asia represented over here, right? Yeah, and we were thinking, well, what what kind of person would it be? And we're like, well, it's not going to be a politician because it's kind of controversial. So yeah. maybe like an artist, maybe like a a new like. For example, Ai Weiwei is that one artist, and it could be Ai Weiwei Wei. Ai Weiwei Wei. Ai Weiwei Wei. You're going to make a left on Ai Weiwei Wei? <laughs> Which way on Ai Weiwei Wei? <laughs> Maybe it was funnier when we were there. I don't I think, know. Caleb doesn't seem amused. Because the best is when you know it's spelled W-E-I, W-E-I. W-A-Y. And so to me, it's just this funny little thing in my head. I don't care. So guys, we might have squandered our launch. That's another one here. But... But Caleb, what an honor to have you back in the uh, in the old studio on the cans. Um, we're wishing you all the best. Break a leg out there, make a bunch of videos, even slip in some some of these David Fincher, you know, not moving the camera stuff. I will. I like it. All right, we'll have you back on when Chase Jarvis and um, Adel- Adam Listigor are working for you. Yeah. Okay, sounds yeah. good. <laughs> I have been Chase Wardman Reeves. I've been Corbett Barr, and I've been Caleb Lawrence Wojcik. Whoa! Come on, we'll see you there. We'll see you at another time. I'm getting real steamed over here. <laughs> you put me in a... Hey! Hey! You put me in a pot! What am I supposed to do? It's getting warm! It's getting real warm in here! Did you turn the lights off, guys? It's dark! Come hey, on! This isn't funny, guys! Let me out! My skin's turning pinker! You rubber band in my claws. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that was a Jamaican lobster. <laughs> <laughs> Under dusty. <laughs> Kiss the girl. So there you have it. Fizzleshow.co slash 119. That's 119. That's where you're going to find notes and links on this episode. Uh, in fact, I think we might be able to pull some strings to get that Where's Waldo video up for you by the time this airs. Won't want to miss that one. Am I right? <laughs> I think I'm right. I don't know if I'm right or not, but I think you guys could go ahead and, and, and just go ahead and go along with me. Then. I think we're right. You want to watch that thing. Fizzleshow.co slash 119. That's F I Z Z L E slash 119. I'm not sure who this guy is, but I'm going to stick with him. Here's an uh, iTunes review from uh, Twig Wheeler. <laughs> what a wild name. Uh, from the USA. Twig says, I mean, is that your real name? Come on, Twig. Is that your real name? <laughs> Anyways, I'm fundamentally impressed by the wit and wisdom bouncing between these three and now four voices. Fizzle and the Fizzle Show. I can't do the voice anymore. Fizzle and the Fizzle Show are clarifying my mind, my task list, and my expectations. That's so awesome to hear, Twig. It's really hard to say that. That's so awesome to hear, Twig. I feel like a crazy person talking to a stick. You know our goal here is to help you make progress on your business every single week. If you leave us an iTunes review, it just helps us to get to the ear holes of other entrepreneurs. That's what I've been told. So that's why I'm asking for you to leave us an iTunes review. I ask this for you every week. Could you do it? once if you haven't yet if you haven't done it yet i would love to hear from you no matter where you are in the world i'm gonna get that itunes review and i'm gonna love to read it 
Simply go to uh, your iTunes store, search for Fizzle, and click Write a Review. Okay, guys, uh, I think it was so cool to hear Caleb's voice again. I hope you loved hearing his voice as well. Here's a cheers to you, Fizzle Show listener. May you build your business with a little bit of beauty. And may all your roads lead straight to Djibouti. (laughs) Find care, take care, serve hard, and dig in. Thanks, and I'll talk to you next Fizzle Friday.